Mercy, open your mouth. Spread your legs. Clear. You already know what it is, your boy Pistol Pete. Welcome to Dog in the Yard. It's that yard talk. Today we got Big Mike. That's my guest today, straight out of the Bronx. Uh, Big Mike did 20 years in prison. He was in prison with me as well. Um, and um, I didn't know that till the middle of the interview, you know, that I happened to get myself caught up in a jam and in trouble in prison because of Mike. You know what I'm saying? Something that happened with Mike and this shit is crazy, but... Um, with that all being said, man, you know, Mike been home 11 years. Um, he's blessed, beautiful family. I mean, you already know, he's out here doing his thing, man. And um, with that being said, let's get right into the interview, man. You already know, BX, stand up. Big Mike in the building. Dog in the yard. Hey, man, I want to just take the time out to thank my guys up there, Jake and Ben, for doing an amazing job with this pen. This is that Dom CBD pen. These guys take their time doing this pen. It tastes great. They do them three different flavors, berry, mint, and mango. My favorite is berry, just to let you know, guys. You know, I know a lot of people out there dealing with pain, you know, dealing with anxiety, the way I deal with anxiety. And I'm telling you guys, it works for me. If you want to place your order today, you're more than welcome. Just hit up domecbd.co. Punch in the coat, dog in the yard, and you get your 15% off early. So for those people that's out there that's going through it right now and are stressed out in the house that don't smoke marijuana, trust me, my brothers, this CBD pimp does it all, man. Place your order today, man. It's your boy Pistol Pete, dog in the yard. You already know. When you're in that Tampa Bay area, make sure you reach out to my boy Gus Torres, man, if you want anything that has to do with real estate, man. Make sure you hit him up. You get the lowest prices and the finest houses, man. Trust me when I tell you. But don't forget to mention my name. You already know that Pistol Peter get you that early discount. And that's my brother, man, Gus Torres. You already know, out in the Tampa Bay area. Make sure you hit him up, man. Sell, buy, invest, all that. Make sure you hit him up, man, because he focused with that out there. Tampa Bay, you already know, it's your boy Pistol, man. Get at me. You already know what it is, your boy Pistol P. And when you're in that Boynton Beach area, make sure you see my boy, man. If you're trying to get lined up, shaped up, and you need that privacy, make sure you see my boy, man, at that Private Hair Studios, man, up in Boynton Beach, man, Gateway, man. And check out my boys up there, man. You know what I mean? They focus, man. My boy Herm, DJ, you know. They out there, you already know. It's super private, and it's exclusive. Most importantly, you already know it's your boy Pistol P. Dog in the yard. <laughs> You already know what it is, it's your boy Pistol, dog in the fucking yard. Today we got my man Mike from the Bronx, did 20 years up top, up north, in jail for murder. Let's welcome him to the show with a round of applause, man, my nigga Mike, man, from the Bronx. What up, Mike? How you, man? I'm good, my G. Good to see you, Pistol. Likewise, man. How you been, well, brother? I've been good, man. Blessed, man. I've been home now 11 years, man. Started a family, man, and I'm... Um, Trying to move forward, man. Get my life together. Good shit, man. Good yeah. shit. Man, Mike, um, I want to um talk about a little bit about, you know, your time in Rikers Island, your time when you went to jail, what you went to jail for. You know what I'm saying? So just a little bit for the youth to, to hear, you know what I mean? 
your story a little bit about you know what you went through and all that. So, okay. um, with that being said, uh, what year you went to jail? 1988, the summer, August. Of August. Yeah. And um, how old you was? I was 17. Okay, you were 17 years old. Yeah. And you go into jail for mur- for murder. Right. So you went to Rikers Island. You got caught immediately. Yeah, I got caught like about three days later. Dude that grew up with me snitched on me. Okay. And um, they came and bagged me like three days after the incident. And you went to Rikers Island. Right. And where on Rikers Island? I was in C-74 okay. with you. But okay. you was in adults at the time. Okay, yeah. okay. And how was that? It was rough, man. Back then it ain't like it is now. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was doing their thing over the phone because the phones were free. So every house you went to, man, you had, to, you had to get it in, man, to get phone time to talk to your family. If this is your first time in prison? Yeah. Okay, so how was that like? You know, you coming straight out the street and now you got to almost fight to get to get on the phone and call your family. Like, how was dude, all that? A lot of dudes are going to front and tell you that they wasn't scared or, you know what I'm saying, that, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying, that they, they were gangsters in the street. But, homie, I don't give a fuck who you are. You've never been in prison. It's a hell of an experience, especially you a kid. Of course. I was 17 years old, so they throwing me into the lines then. You know, you got dudes in there that been in there forever. Like, they coming back and forth. You know what I mean? So... Uh-huh. They're already accustomed to the situation. You not. So right. you trying to come in. You come in there. You acting humble and shit like that. And that's like the wrong place to be humble because dudes don't respect that. You right. feel me? So sometimes it takes a little aggression to turn you into an animal. You know what okay. I mean? And then, you know, you just you just start rolling with the punches. Motherfuckers act like animals. You got to act like an animal. So what what is, the, you know, the things that you, your first couple of days and, you know, just the whole transition from being free and being in Rikers Island on, in the full building, you know, which, you know, with a bunch of adolescents, right? Because that was yeah. an adolescent yeah, jail. Yeah, yeah, I was in an adolescent Yeah, so, you yeah, know, like, was, what, was, you know, what was that like? Well, the first thing was they put me in a Brooklyn house. Which that was, like, right there. It was, like, mad tension because I was from the Bronx. So they didn't really respect dudes that was from the Bronx if you went to a Brooklyn house. You know what I mean? They only gave love to dudes from their borough because that's how it was back then. It was a borough thing. Mm. Everybody was separated. You had your Brooklyn house, your Bronx house, your Queens house. So when I got there, there was only, like, one dude, one cat from the Bronx named uh, Nell. And he was facing, uh, uh, he had three bodies and two attempts at the time. And he was the only one. He had like a half hour phone time. So when I got there, they had this cat from Brooklyn. It's all right if I say names, right? But it's, yeah. It's, it's the nicknames. So you can know. say all the names. All right. His name was Bigger. And um, he was from Brooklyn. Dude, like he was an adult. He didn't even look like he was an adolescent. He's a big motherfucker. He was like six foot two, wow. like two and some change. And he was running the house. Okay. So my man brought me to him. He's like, yo, this is my man, Mike. You know what I'm saying? He's facing a lot of time. You know, he got a body, you know, whatever. He wants to talk to his people. He want to know what's good with the phone time. So he was like, listen, this is how it is, man. When somebody bounce, you know what I'm saying, you move into their spot or whatever. But for right now, you got to hold it down. You know what I'm saying? Your man got a half hour. He can share the phone with you for now. And then once somebody leave, boom, and you take that slot. So I said, all right, we'll do that for now. You know, whatever. But I noticed that, you know what I'm saying, a couple of dudes bounce, and it wasn't unhappy. He kept putting dudes from Brooklyn in that slot. Either that or dudes that was already there just got more time. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I said, yo, this nigga's trying to play me like I'm a clown or something. You know what I mean? So I told my man, yo, some got the gift, man. I got to talk to my family, dog. I'm facing 25 to life. You know what I mean? I ain't got no communication with my people. Man, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Some Shit. got the gift. It's my home right yeah, now. exactly. You know what I mean? So I didn't have no knife. I didn't have no razor. So I went into the broom closet. I went, I got a scrub brush. I had a stick with a nice solid piece of wood on the bottom. I took the stick out. I grabbed the scrub brush. I waited for homie to turn around. He started watching TV. I just went up behind him and I cracked him upside his fucking head. Once he fell, the whole house rushed me. You know what I'm saying? So I went at it with the whole house. I got out of there with fucking a bloody nose, speed knots and all that, but it, it was what it was. The riot squad came. They fucked us up a little bit. They took me to the to the front to the why me pen. And nobody gets the phone. No, nobody's going to get the phone. You already know what that is. You know what I'm saying? True. But, you know, from there, they just started bouncing me, you know, from one house to another, and I just so kept from there, where you, so, so 
You still still on Rikers Island or they shipped you to No, they left me on Rikers Island. I was in C-74 for the whole time until I got sentenced. Okay, so so, so how long you was there? I was in C-74 for about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. So then what? You went to trial or you... uh... No, no, I capped out. I took took an eight-year bid, an eight to 24, because I found out that a dude that grew up with me was telling on me. So I had a private lawyer at the time, so my mom's was paying for the lawyer. And um, she was a little paranoid because, you know, I'm her youngest son. I'm her only son, and, and it's only me and my sister. And my sister was like, the, you know, the good one of the family. I was the fuck up. So she didn't want to lose her baby boy to the system. So she's like, yo, listen, man, please, man. You know, I'm talking to the lawyer. Take a plea bargain because if you go to trial, man, this dude is telling on you. If he's convincing on the stand, you're going down. They're going to give you a quarter, man. You never, you know what I'm saying? That's 25 to life. I'd rather you take a plea bargain, get five years, six years, something. At least I know you're coming home young. You're only 17. Think about it. So at the beginning, man, listen, even five years, that shit sounded crazy. I was like, five years, man, you out of your fucking mind? Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? We're going to trial. It's easy I ain't trying for you to, to say. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You talking about like that shit is like two months or something. Fuck that. That's five years. Hell yeah. So then, you know, I kept on trying to prolong it, prolong it, prolong it. Until finally he told me, listen, man, they offered me 15 a life. I said, man, fuck you. That's not going down. For that, I go to trial. After yeah. that, they offered me the 10 to 20. I refused that. Then finally the DA came to me and said, listen, this is what it is. I got somebody willing, able to testify on you right now that knows you, that grew up with you. Here's his name. This is his information. And if you don't decide to take a plea bargain, you're going to get 25 to life. So he, he already has my mother convinced that I'm going to get life, no right. matter what. No matter you know what I'm saying? Yeah. She don't know the system. I don't know the of system. Course. Remember, I'm new to this. Of course. You feel me? Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I go back into the bullpen. My mother say, please think about it. Please think about it. Look, look. He says, listen, eight years, that's all we're offering you. You don't take these eight years, we go on a trial. And I'm going to request a speedy trial. That's how it's going down. I went back to the island. I came back. I took the plea bargain. They gave me eight to 24 years. I copped out to that. But what I didn't know was that you don't look at the, the front of the bid. You look at the back, right. which is the 24. That's that's. That's the reality of what you're getting sentenced to. You're yeah. getting them 24 years. Yeah, they still hold They can still hold you. <laughs> right, till you're 24, unless uh-huh. you CR. You right. know what I mean? Uh-huh. But unfortunately, when I went into the system, I ended up catching a new charge. You know what I'm saying? I ended up getting hit at the parole board. So, so, so did you catch a new case where? In Rikers Island? No, no, when I went upstate. Okay, so after after being on Rikers Island for what, two years almost? Yeah, almost two years. You went upstate? Right. Where you went to? The first jail I went to was Elmira. And how was that? It was rough. I bumped into a lot of dudes I had beef with on the island up there. Okay, so then what happened? And then, you know, I got like a clash with a lot of dudes. One of the cats was over the phone that I explained to you earlier, the kid bigger. He had a lot of people from Brooklyn, and we ended up clashing and shit. And um, I bumped into uh, two of the guys in the yard one day, and there was like six Spanish dudes in the yard, and the rest was black. And all the Spanish dudes were scared to death. They were all in the corner, like they were shook. There wasn't too many Spanish dudes that was making noise back then, you know what I'm saying? You know that because you came up at the same time I did. You know what I mean? So there was very few dudes that was making a name for themselves. Make a long story short, I go into the yard. Um, this cat approached me. He tried to swing at me with a razor. He got a bullshit cut. It wasn't nothing major. I pounded on him. You know what I'm saying? Because he thought I was going to run because I got cut. That didn't happen. We started scrapping. Police came in. They broke it up. They put me in a, a, a another block where I was keep locked. Keep locked means you're confined in your cell 23 hours a day. You only come out one time. It's not the box. You're confined to your cell. So they did that a couple of times with me or whatever. And I kept bouncing from, from jail to jail because every, everywhere I went, I kept bumping into dudes. And the way it is up north, you know, if a dude that you pop off on has a friend, back then they used to write letters to each other. They used to write a little kite, yo, this nigga coming through, get at him. You know what I'm saying? He hit me or he cut my man, he stabbed my man, whatever. And that's how it was. That's why they stopped all that correspondence from jail to jail because dudes was getting touched. 
He was getting stabbed because of that. Yeah, because of that. You know what I'm saying? So you went to Elmira, and then where did you, so you got in trouble there? Yeah, I got in trouble there. They bounced me from Elmira. I ended up going to uh, Southport. Southport was a new facility at the time. It wasn't it wasn't the box yet. Okay, it was, okay, it was population, it was a new jail. Right, right. And how was that? It was it was like it was dead. It was like everybody was isolated to their own yard and shit. It was a brand new jail. Everything was like there was no COs in the hallway. Everything was done by by uh, electric, you know what I'm saying? It was like by cameras and shit. You walk through the hallway and they see you in the camera, they open the doors, and that's basically how it was. Mm. But um everybody was isolated except for the weekend. You know what I mean? Everybody goes to the big yard. A friend of mine got into a beef with a Muslim dude, and he stabbed him up on a basketball court. You probably you probably remember T-Bone. Yeah. Remember T-Bone from back? Okay, well, he ended up getting into some shit with some dude in the yard, some Muslim kid, he stabbed him up. Nobody knew anything about that. So the next day when we come outside, it's the weekend, everybody goes outside together. Now, he's isolated in a different block, so we didn't know what happened with him. So just the fact that he stabbed a Muslim dude, now you got like a thousand uh, Muslims in the yard waiting to pop off because their brother got stabbed up. Right. You understand what I'm saying? That's just the way it was. When you get right. in trouble with a, a, a group or a belief, mm -hmm. you got beef with everybody. Too. That's how it was. You know what I mean? And, and I'm in the middle of that because that's my peeps. It's like I'm, I'm rolling with you and we walking around together. You popped on somebody maybe a year ago, two years Same ago. Same thing goes with us. Yeah. We could yeah. be neutral, but we together. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So and then what? So and then what happened? So basically, um, some so a big ass war transpired in the yard. The Muslims transformed on all the Spanish dudes in the yard, and it turned into a racial war. And um, everybody just started going at each other, man. Dudes started taking rocks, putting it in their socks, and chasing motherfuckers. Dudes wasn't armed; they wasn't ready for that. So it just turned out into all our ugly war. Then they, they they shot into the yard, tear gas. They took all of us inside, and that's when they closed that jail down and turned it into the box. Okay, and after then you, that incident. And the, and then you got transferred from there. Yeah, after that, yeah. And where you went at, Mike? From there, I went to Kasaki. Okay, and what happened in Kasaki? Oh, you know what happened in Kasaki. That's why you laughing, pistol. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We started a revolution in that motherfucker. You already know, man. You know what I mean? We closed that shit for a week. Yeah, you know, man. You know, we bumped into a couple of dudes. You know, and this dude. You know, I'm gonna mention his name because you, you, you know this cat for a long time. His name was Brandon, and um. You know, this cat had a lot of a lot of dudes under his wing. He had a lot of soldiers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He had a lot of dudes that respected him, that, you know what I'm saying, did moves for him, whatever the case may be. So when I got to the spot, me and his man had went at it. So me and him already had tension. We had drama, and I already knew that. You know what I'm saying? So I already knew his intent towards me. So I said, I figured I'm going to get this dude before he gets me. The dude the dude is a stepper. He ain't no punk, so I'm going to make sure I get at this cat immediately. You know what yeah, I'm saying? There ain't going to be no, no waiting. So as you remember the day I was in the yard... He's playing chess with a Spanish cat. I went up to him. I tried to stab him. And um, he jetted. When he jetted, my man came behind him and cut him in the forehead. And you ran across the yard and snuffed him. And then, he, you know what I'm saying, he jetted to his corner. The police got him because he was leaking, like, profusely out of his forehead. And they took him out the yard. None of us got caught that day. You remember. Um, the following day, I came out. But I slept. And um, we had this bitch-ass nigga named Boss. You know what I mean? That came and he was talking to me. And these two dudes came behind me that was rolling with Brandon, and they hit me up bad. You know what I'm saying? They hit me like four times with 14-inch ice picks. And niggas fucked me up. You know what I mean? I had a punctured lung. I had a punctured kidney. I didn't make it to the yard. I was still on my way out the door. Yeah, I know, because the reason that happened was because my house... Yo, Mike, that's you, yeah. Mike? Yeah, baby. Yeah. That's me, my nigga. And you know, man. Yeah, Mike, man. I have... Yeah. What's up, man? Yeah, and it's been years, Pistol. It's been, what, 25, 30 years since I saw you, my G? Nigga, I closed that jail down because yeah, of that. You did. I remember. Listen, let me tell you something. The fact I stabbed that... I everybody. The fact we that went crazy. We, we met each other on the island. We hardly knew each other. But the fact that you knew my peoples, you know what I'm saying? You was cool, my peoples, mm -hmm. and you jumped 
when shit popped, just that alone gave me mad respect for you because there ain't too many dudes that would do that. Of course. You feel me? And there's very few Spanish dudes that had a name, you know what I'm saying, up north on the island, you know what I mean, that was doing their thing. Yeah. You dig? Mm-hmm. So when you meet a dude like that, you know what I'm saying? You got to respect them. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, you, you know what it is. Because it's real. And that's why we all, you know, we bumped heads plenty of times later on yeah. down the line. But unfortunately, I was always in the box. Every time I bumped into you, we Hold up, Mike. So let's, just, let's go back to that. Yeah. So they ran down on you. Right. And they stabbed you up. Right. And what was the repercussions as far as just stabbing? Could we, could, we, could we see where they stabbed you at? Could we show? Yeah. I got stabbed. From my, cheat on, on, let me show these. They get you on. A, I got stabbed. It's from the bottom of my chest, and it goes all the way down past my. Mike, you almost they almost killed you, right? Like an inch yeah, away from your heart. Yeah, I, I mean, this is the word because that's what right. drove me crazy. I was right. See, the word was that I died. That was the. No, word. I didn't know you. I didn't know. You, I mean, I didn't get that. I just knew that it was telling me, yo, they almost killed her, like an inch away yo, from my his dude, heart. I was like, you what? can imagine this. Imagine this. You got, you got two dudes. They come up behind you. They grab you. You can't move. Yeah, of course. Both these dudes is big. You feel me? So they grabbed me from either side. The dude that was talking to me, he jetted. He hauled ass. He broke out. He left me for dead. Mm. So now, the reason these dudes got the drop on me because they worked in the mess hall. And the only way you could be in the yard before my house, my house was the first house that went in, B2. I know you remember B2. Mm-hmm. So B2 was the first house into the yard. But being that they worked in the mess hall, they get let out before everybody, so they're already in the yard, the mess hall workers. So they was ready. So they was waiting for me, you know what I'm saying? So they already had a plan. So when I, as soon as I walked down them steps and I started talking to, the, to this bitch-ass nigga, they came behind me and they grabbed me. As soon as they grabbed me, they already had the ice pick in me. It went from the back to the front. I got hit four times like that, okay. you know what I'm saying? So the dude told me, he said, they missed your heart by like a, like a quarter inch. You feel me? Because you moved. If you wouldn't have moved, they would have pierced your heart. You would have died instantly. Because they hit me with ice picks. They were like 14 inches long. They went straight through. Yeah. So I had a punctured kidney. I had a punctured lung. You know what I'm saying? I had internal bleeding. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know none of this. Because all I felt was like a tightness. When you run, you get like a cramp. That's all I felt. Yeah. You feel me? I was just tight that I got caught. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you're not even worried so, about yeah, that I, shit So yeah, I'm right just now. pissed that they got the drop on me. And I was stupid enough to let these dudes catch me. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So now they took me. They rushed me to the hospital or whatever. All hell broke loose now in the jail. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in the hospital. I got all these civilians that work in the jail coming to visit me. I got the Spanish dude from Latino Unidos coming to see me. I got the, the head of the, the, the mosque, the imam, coming outside to see me. I got the head of the COs coming outside. Yo, you got to send a letter to the jail because they going crazy up over there. They, they shutting that shit down. They, that shit turned into a full-scale riot. What the fuck is going on? You got to talk to these dudes. I said, I ain't sending no fucking kite, but I look like a fucking idiot to you. You ain't going to say that I got shit in smash. And you're going to put me in administrative seg talking about I control them, motherfuckers. You out of your mind? So that's when I found out that you and a couple of other brothers got together. Y'all, y'all popped off on everybody in the yard mm-hmm. and y'all shut it down. Mm-hmm. And once I heard that, that was it. They transferred me to the hospital when I came back and they sent me to Clinton. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then from there, what? From, what? from Clinton, they put me in the hospital in Clinton. And from there, they dropped me down to population. And when I got to population, I bumped into a lot of good motherfuckers. You know, my man Quiet Tone, my man Carlito from um, Hoav. A couple of good dudes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was already established. Yeah. You know, Warriors, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you was good all the yeah, time. Yeah, I was good. I was good. You know what I'm saying? I started eating, started working out, got, got back in shape and shit like that. But it's like all them dudes that was coming from the beef in Kasaki, from Rikers Island, they just kept coming through. But now I had to drop on these niggas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we was popping on these dudes. I ended up going to the box. And when I got to the so, box... So, so when you was in Clinton, you wound up going to the box? Yeah, for, for, yeah, for blazing one of the dudes from Kasaki. So you yeah. caught you one of those guys you caught him up. Right. Not the dudes that stabbed me. Dudes that was associated that with was down with them. Yeah, that was down with them. 
Yeah. So, so and then what you did to them? What you what happened? Well, I stabbed one of them in the yard. I caught one of them. I lit him up in the yard. My man caught him in the face. They caught us. I didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? They caught us. They took us inside. They took me straight to Unit 14. That's the um, solitary confinement unit. And how much time, how long you was there for? They gave me a year and a half for that incident. Okay. But altogether, I ended up doing three years and a half in uh, in Clinton because I caught more charges while I was in the box. Oh, bullshit. Me too. Yeah. 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 We, you know was, was. we was crazy as hell. Yeah. Yo, so, so, and then you went, you went to the box. Right. They say Chew. Right. Special housing unit, mm -hmm. and you got 18 months. Right. And you caught how much more time? Oh, man, I ended up fucking catching, like, another... For what? Maybe two years for fights and stabbings. Like, I, I don't While know... While you, you in the box? Yeah. I'm, when I'm in the box, I'm with Blue Boy. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, one of the most notorious motherfuckers in, in the state. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He stayed in drama, and me and him got mad tight. You know what I mean? And um, mad dudes started coming up that we had beef with from downstairs in population. And my man Quiet Tone came up. And me and him was together the day when I popped off. Right. So one of the cats came up that was cool, one of the dudes I stabbed or whatever. So everybody spoke, like men said, listen, this is what we're going to do. Tomorrow, whoever's in the middle, don't come out. Let Mike and Dice come out. They're going to go to the yard and they're going to handle their beer. So nobody come out. And that's how it was. This kid Dice is from Fort Greene. He was cool, one of the dudes I stabbed. So we went out to the yard and we got it in. We stabbed each other up. Unfortunately, I got hit again in the same lung. You understand? And I hit him in the artery in his arm. You know what I mean? So we both went to the outside hospital, but it wasn't as bad as my first time. I came back. They brought me back to um, Unit 14. Um, I lasted like another maybe six months there. And some cat, he had snitched on my man Blue. Okay. And Blue cut him through the bars. He grabbed him, pulled him to the gate, and cut him through the bars. And he went and told the police. I mean, blatantly snitched on a nigga, went to the police and told him that it was him, that Blue, Blue cut him. So on shower day... They got this faggot nigga outside. He's a he's a porter now. He's working for the police. You know, he's cleaning. They got him sweeping. They, they lock him out of cell. Yeah. You know, he's like the, the police little pet. You know what I mean? So when I come out to the shower, my, my niggas is coming back in. They're telling me, yo, be careful because this cat is out there. He got a mop ringer inside a bucket. The bucket's empty. Be careful. He's going to try to hit one of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Be on point. Yeah. So when I come out for the shower, boom, blew past me an ice pick. I put the ice pick in my shirt. Boom. They don't search you when you come out for the shower. All they do is tell you, put your hands behind your back, come out in your drawers and your T-shirt with your soap in your hand yeah. and your slippers and step out. And you got two police escorting you from the back to the shower. That's what they do. Right. So when they did that, as soon as I got close to the shower, homie grabbed the my bringer and he went to try to hit me. So the police grabs me. Like they were setting me up for this nigga to hit me. So when the police grabbed me, I pulled the police. He went flying into the dressing table. It was a wood table like this, solid. Mm. He hit his head and fell. He started leaking. So you already know what it is. They jumped on me. They whipped my ass something terrible. They handcuffed me and, and stomped you me. The and you had me. the fucking ice pick on you. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I still got the swing at homie, but I didn't hit him. You know right. what I'm saying? They grabbed me. They all jumped on me. Yeah, they pulled him to the side. Yeah. I couldn't do shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I got, I got like 15, 16 police on me now. Once they got the I handcuffs on me, all I saw was gloves and boots. Yeah. The motherfuckers knocked me out, woke me up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was know. leaking. I woke up, I was leaking. The motherfuckers had a towel around my neck because I was leaking so bad from when they cracked me behind my head. Boom, they picked me up and carried me all the way to the hospital. And the motherfuckers gave me a new bit for that. So you got a new bit for that? Yeah. They beat my ass and gave me a new bit. Okay. A new bit for those individuals, the listeners, in the, in, 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 you know, that don't know nothing about that. What, what's a new bit? That's a new charge. They gave me a new charge. They gave me one and a half to three on top of my sentence for assault on officers. It, was it run together or separate? No, it was run separate. So my, my, my initial sentence was 8 to 24. 
Mm-hmm. Now they gave me uh, one and a half to three, so now my bid became nine and a half to 27 years. Okay. Yeah. So you went outside court. Right. And they gave you a, a year one, and a, a, a one to three. Half. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then after that, where you went at? Uh, from there, from Clinton. You was in the box for how yeah, long? I was in the box for three years. You was in the box right. for three years. That's when I saw you. When I yeah. left Clinton, I was going to Wendy's. So I okay. went to Auburn Transit. Okay. And that's yeah. when I saw you. I was in Auburn Transit for like a week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, um, after the, after the whole, like at one point, you, you, you became settled. You know what I mean? Meaning like, you know, okay, it's time for me to either go home and, and relax and, and not catch no more beef or no more, you know, like, let me, let me change, change it because I'm trying to go home. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, my last 10 years, my mother came to visit me. I was in Southport, right? I was in the box, SHU again. That was the last, um, the last time I went to the box. So my mother came to visit me. She was the only one on my corner. She was the only one doing for me, the only one coming to see me, her and my sister. And um, everybody always asked me, like, what was your biggest fear? Was it to, to die in jail, to do life, like never come home? Or somebody? None of that shit fazed me. Like, I, be honest with you, you know, we had the mindset where we were already, we'll never get used to being in prison. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that'll never happen. Absolutely. I, don't give, I don't give a fuck who you are. Uh-huh. I know I know. I would never get used to prison. Hell, fuck no. The only thing we do, we adapt to the situation because we're it. strong. That's it. If you're a warrior, you you know, that's what separates us from a lot of weak dudes. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of dudes that cut their throat. You got dudes that cut their wrist. You got dudes that hang up that mm-hmm. can't take it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not for everybody. Absolutely. If you're not a G, you understand what I'm saying? And, and trust me, the walls will close in on you and you're going to do something to take your own life. I'm not, I'm not cut from that cloth and it's not going to happen. Fuck no. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But... My mother came to see me. My biggest fear, Pistol, in all my bid was that my mother passed away while I was in jail. Mm. That was my biggest fear, my only fear. And that's something that I fretted so much, man. And, and every time the police used to call me inside or whatever, oh, you got an important phone call, you got to call your mother or your family, you know, I used to panic. You know, that's like my only fear, like something happened to my mom's. I'll never yeah. forgive myself because I came through at a young age. I was 17 and I put that lady through hell. Right. And she didn't deserve that. You feel me? So... With that being said... So she came to see you in Southport. Right. She came to see me in Southport. And how, how, and how was your conditions when she seen you in Southport? I had a fucking afro with a beard. I looked like Che Guevara. You know yeah, what I mean? As far as like, did you was able to talk to her or she was behind the she glass? Was behind a, she was behind a, a cage. In Southport, they got you like behind a fence. And the plastic, right? Um, no, it wasn't a plastic. It was just a fence. Okay. And all you got is like a little slot where they could pass you food. Yeah. You feel me? So I was. I'm only like asking because my mom's came to see me on Southport. Right. Never come see me, but decided to want to see me on Southport. Yeah, and you know how you go down there, pistol. You know you go down there, you shackled no, I, up. They kept me shackled yeah. up. So they, when your family look at you, it traumatizes them because no, they look at you. My like, mom, oh, mom's freaked out, like, shit. oh my god, who you killed? Exactly. My God, please, Pete, what, what? And and she came, my baby mom's, and, you know, baby, wing, wing. I'm like, oh shit, you know, you know, nah, that shit, that's, yeah. Yeah. that shit so was crazy. It, it affected my mother too, so that's why. This was what changed my whole fucking like way of thinking. Like, she looked at me, bro, and she told me straight up. She said, "Listen, you seem to think that your reputation in here is what makes you. You seem to think that this is important to you, more important than me." She said, "I'm busting my ass coming up here twice, twice a month, three times a month to see you. This shit is far as fuck, and I'm coming all the way up here. I'm, I'm standing on those long ass lines, bringing you packages, bringing you money. You understand? And you constantly getting in trouble. You constantly getting into beef." For dudes in there that are going to forget about you once they get out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to forget about you. I'm your mother. Mm. 
but you don't seem to give a fuck about that. You worrying about your reputation to a bunch of strangers that don't give a fuck about you. Right. And if you keep worrying about them and not giving a fuck about me, I'm not coming to see you again. That was it, my dude. Like, when she told me that, like, that she fucked me up. You said. I went back to my cell and I thought about that shit. So I had tears in my eyes because that's course, that mother. shit broke me. I'm like, I'm looking at my mother. I said, damn, I realize how much I'm hurting her. You feel me? And yeah. I said, yo, I, I got to turn my life around. I got to stop this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? It don't make me less of a man to try to avoid shit. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to let a nigga, you know, disrespect me. But there's a lot of ways we could avoid shit. But our temper and 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 our, our pride didn't allow us to do that. You know we what I'm saying? We were just moving on impulse. That's all. Right. We was just young. You know what I'm saying? Full so of energy. After that, I did the last 10 years smooth, man. I ended up getting my GD. You know what I'm saying? I ended up getting So you got out the box. Yeah, I got out the box. And you went where? I went to Wendy's. Okay. When I went to Wendy's, I got my GD. You know what I'm saying? Um, I graduated from the school there. I was going to night school. I ended up getting a couple of vocational trades, you know, doing uh, uh, panels for office cubicles and, and building chairs in the foundry and stuff like that. Good shit. Um, from there, I ended up going to Green Haven. Okay. When I got to Green Haven, um, I started working in the unit for the physically disabled. That's working with convicts that's in wheelchairs that are paralyzed, mm. that got shot up by cops or whatever the case may be and shit. And they can't fend for themselves, so they got them in a special unit. You know wow. what I mean? And they in a, um, special cells and shit where they transfer themselves from the chair to the bed. Right. But they got convicts that help nurses. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, help these guys go to the shower, help them um, get in their chair. Take care of them. Yeah, and shit like that. So, so, you, so I did you was that. doing that? Right. And how right. long you did that for? I did that for like five years. I, I got certified as a nurse's aide. You know what I'm saying? I got certified uh, to clean blood spills and, and infectious waste and stuff like that. And I left out of there. I left out of there. Shit, yeah, man. I left out of there shit. with some, with some, you know, some uh, uh, good vocational trades that I could have utilized out here, man. When I came home. Let's give it up for my man Mike, man from the Bronx, man. Thank you, brother. So, 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 and then, um, right after that, like you did the ten years smooth, right? Didn't bump into no problems. Nah. Nobody that you cut. Nah. And and you stood where Wendy's? No, I stood in Green Haven the last ten years of my bid. That's where I came home from. And you came home from Green Haven. Yeah. And how long you been? Right now, I've been home 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. And what you been doing since you been home, Mike? I've been working, man. You know, I started a family. I got a daughter that's 10 years old. I have a son that's 15 months. God bless, man. Thank you, bro. You know, and um, I've been I've been blessed, man. You know, I'm working. Uh, right now, I'm a manager of, of a warehouse, a produce warehouse in Hunts Point. Okay. Um, I'm helping my mom pay mortgage of her house. She has a two-family house. My pops passed away three years ago. So I moved in with my mother because it's a two-family and um, I'm helping her pay her mortgage. Okay. You know what I mean? And I got my kids out, out of the Bronx. We so, that, so you with your mom? Yeah, I'm with my mom. Mom and my is good. Yeah, she's, everybody, she's, she's with her grandkids. She's oh, happy. That's good. You know, they, they, my, my kids are upstate. They're away from the bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm trying to like, man, just like move forward, so man. So all you doing just working? Working. Are you on parole? Nah, I got off parole uh, 2011. Okay. And you was on parole for how long? Only three years. I had seven years parole, but the PO took me off for uh, good behavior after three years. So you would you you apply with all the rules and stuff like that? Right, right. Because I was working consistently. As soon as I came home, I started working. So being that I had a track record of constantly working, not getting into any problems with the law, they gave me a shot. Good shit. So now you've been home eleven years. Yeah. And you got two beautiful kids. Yeah. And you working. Yeah. What you think about um jail reform? You know, there's a lot of celebrities, a lot of people getting involved with jail reform and and all sort of ways and shit like that. What you what you think about all that? Uh, I think there's a lot of people that have good intentions but don't have enough knowledge, you understand, as far as what's going on with the system. And 
no matter how many people you have out here that are trying to do the right thing to help people that are in prison, we gotta we gotta start from the inside out, man. And that's starting with Albany because these laws that they're passing and, and, and the, the the harsh sentences that we're getting, man, it's like it's ridiculous, man. You know, they made a thing where they had guys that had violent crimes where Governor Pataki, I don't know if you remember him, when he came into office, Shit, he, told, he told the parole board, <laughs> yeah. anybody with a violent crime, you make sure they max out. Yeah. You do not let them go home. Yeah, everybody getting hit on the ball. Now, I'm trying to, I'm saying to myself, what kind of bullshit is that? It's supposed to be the Department of Corrections. Once, once you do your bid, once you get rehabilitated, you get every program they ask you to get, you're supposed to be given a second chance in society, no? Absolutely. That wasn't the case. And I was a perfect example of that because I got denied parole six times. I got hit at the parole board six times with two years, bro. I had 12 years in hits. You feel me? And that shit was ridiculous, man, because I, I chilled Damn. out for my last 10 years. So you went to the parole board six times? Six times, bro. And got two every two, time I got you went? Deuced every time 24 I went. months every, every time, time you went. Every time, man. Every time. Yeah. And I had three years. Look at this. I did the same thing. I went, I went three times. There's one thing I didn't tell you, though. I had, I had three years recommend the loss of good time. When I was in Green Haven, they were going to release me. I already saw the parole. I signed my papers, and I was going home with my CR. I had a week left to go home, bro. They called me in from the yard. They were like, um, listen, you got to see the time allowance committee. I was like, whoa, 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 hold up. Like, what the fuck are you talking What's about? What's the time allowance committee for the people that don't know? A time allowance committee is when you accumulate a certain amount of loss of good time in prison. That means you get that from when you get into any types of fights, um, whether it be uh, a fist fight, knife fights, any serious... Uh, 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 infractions that you get while you're incarcerated, they they take good time when you go to a hearing. So they could give you anywhere from six months to a year. You understand? But if you keep getting, like, different fights, or not, it accumulates. It adds up. So I had three years added up, all the fights and shit that I got into during the duration of my bid. Right. But they never called me to the time allowance committee when I got close to CR. Your CR is your conditional release. When you got two-thirds of your sentence in, you're supposed to be released. Right. But... If you have loss of good time, you have to see a time allowance committee and it's up to them whether they're going to give you your good time back and let you see her or they're going to hold you. Okay. So me, they never called me. Mm -hmm. I already signed my papers. My mother brought my clothes to go home. I had a week left to be released. They called me down and told me that I had to see the time allowance. So out of the three years, they took 18 months away from me and pushed my day back. So I had to send my clothes back home. It didn't matter that I signed my parole papers. And I had to wait another 18 months before I was released. What? And that's what they did to me, yeah. But is that legal? Of course not. It's not supposed to be because when you get when you get a, a loss of uh, good time, when you go to time allowance, they're supposed to give you 90 days to appeal. Yeah. They called me a week before my release. And that's exactly what I brought up in the hearing. But the hearing, there's nothing recorded. They don't got a stenographer recording yeah, nothing. They, they don't, don't have, have no... Whole, yeah. Right, they have no video, so how are you going to prove anything? Right. It's their word against yours. So basically, how they, are you going to... They did what they wanted to do. Exactly. This is what I mean. So in order for you to have any type of reform, people got to understand, it has to start from inside the prison system. You feel me? Because the prison system, they're, they're allowed to get away with so much foul shit. You understand? That's that gonna it, it's going to be hard It's unbelievable. Change, exactly. Exactly, man. It's, it's going to be, be really hard. Because we're not dealing with our own kind in there. You know, so we are never gonna win. And look how many, look how many jails they talking about building right now. Now they talk about building a jail in every borough. They got a five billion dollar budget yeah. to build a, a brand new prison because they're gonna close down Rikers Island uh -huh. in every borough. Yeah. What type of reform is that, bro? 
They just added. They just want to keep added to keep putting us in. You letting people go, but you building new jails to bring people in. So like, what are we? What are we accomplishing? True, true. You're right, Mike. So you know what, Mike? As far as we, that's why we got shows like this. This is the reason I created the show like this. You and know I appreciate saying? you calling me. You know what I'm saying? The dog in the yard, so just that you be able to come and you know and and enlighten the youth. You know what I'm saying? So people can hear your story and what you had to go through and. You know, without, not, you ain't had to go through that because you did 10 years and you was good. Right. So if you, you know, you went through hell first, but point is, why you think shows like this is important for the youth? Because I think that they can relate more to us because we've been there. You know, when I was a kid, somebody that never been locked up or someone that never been to anything, like let's say a teacher, tries to give me advice. What the fuck you gonna give me advice? You live in the suburbs, right? You're, you're not in the hood with me. You're not in the projects. You don't see what I'm going through. You know what I mean? The youth, they wanna, they wanna hear it from somebody that's actually in the trenches, somebody that's actually going through it. You know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't wanna hear it from somebody that never, has never been through anything in life. And we've been through. We've been through hell and back. Mm-hmm. You understand? Absolutely. And, and I think that by them seeing the fact that, damn, man, this G did 20 years, man, and look at him, man. He came home, he started a family. Look at Pistol. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Dude came home, he got his own show, he's successful, he's doing his thing. He's not fucking with prison anymore. He's doing the right thing. He's got brothers like me coming to a show and enlightening the youth. They see that, man. They see that we hood dudes, we street dudes, but we're trying to give back and let them know, man, listen, my G, this ain't, this ain't what it's about, man. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because now they got so many cameras on the street that, if you piss in a the corner, they know how many times you shook it. That's you know what I'm sure. saying? And so you're not gonna get That's away fucking... with nothing. You're not. Yo, it's crazy cameras all over, huh? Yo, this became a police state, dog. It's like a big jail. They don't jail. even need cops walking around. You know what I be saying? You know what I be saying? It's like a big jail. Like we free, but we ain't really free. But what you think? You think that that was just a coincidence? They doing that because now they don't need to have, have police on the street. All right, go ahead, do your thing. Think yeah. that you could do what you what you want. Oh no, they can always go by the camera. That's how yeah. everybody going to jail. Exactly. That's all. That's, that's how they're catching everybody on camera. Yeah. You run from one block to another, they go to every store and get their security camera, and you're fucked. You're right. Well, Mike, listen, man, I want to thank you, man, for coming, my brother, man. Yeah, I appreciate you yeah, having me. It was, an honor, it was an honor having you here, man. Thank you, and I never, And I haven't, you know, I, it's so crazy, Mike, you know, because you blew my mind because for whatever reason, I'm like, this is Mike? Like, I'm, I, 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 yo, I just... I couldn't even recognize you. I swear, I'm yeah. like, it's been so many years. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, Mike, I love you, Mike. Likewise, my you brother. You know I Yo, I haven't seen you in 25 years. That's what I'm saying. I want to show that, I'm, <laughs> that I love you. I always thought about you, bro. I appreciate you. You hear me? And I, and, I, and I said, you know, I, I, you know, like, the moment that we got in trouble and, we, and that whole back to Kasaki shit and all that, it was just like so many memories. Like, people talk about that to this, you know, that's history. Yeah, man. People talk about that to this day. Like, you know, like, that's one of my... One of my shit that they, yo, Pistol, you closed Kasaki. Yo, but they, I, but I, they don't know. I was like, yo, they, nah, my yo, man Mike got stabbed. Yo, That's why I'm you know why closed I that jail down. I'm in, I'm in Green Haven, right? And I'm watching I'm watching the rap videos. I see Lean Back. All of a sudden, I see your fucking ass walking across the, <laughs> across the screen. I said, hold the fuck. I said, nah, hell no. I said, that's not my man. And they said, yo, that's Pistol. I said, get the fuck out of here. I like, said, yo, this fuck? motherfucker. <laughs> he went from the yard to a, to a rap video. Look at this you thing. You see that shit? Word up. That's official. Work though, it, man. man. No Work doubt. It, Do your thing, man. Thank you, Mike, for coming, man. Love you, boy. <laughs> Love you too, my G. 
BX in the building. You already know. Shout out to Big Mike for coming through. Dog in the yard. Took that little walk with me in that yard talk. Uh, me and Mike have a lot of history together. We was in prison. We shut this shit down. You know what I'm saying? We did our thing and all that. Nothing to be proud of. I mean, it's just like certain certain uh, uh, certain circumstances are, you know, it just don't lead you to no other choices in prison sometimes. So, you you know, you, you, you got to handle your business and bust your gun. You know what I'm saying? And Mike was one of those that he almost got killed in prison. Got stabbed up really bad, inch away from his heart, all kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I'm just happy that he's home. He's out here. He's been home for 11 years. He got his family. He's blessed. And that's what it's about, man. You know what I'm saying? So you already know. It's your boy, Pistol Pete, dog in the yard. It's that yard talk. Get at me. This is a gangsters do it. Splash, step, one, two. I'm in a whole lot of zones. Songs, they look like kaleidoscopes. I got the white for the white boy that's sniffing the shit, then he's eating on the slopes. I got the can for that lady that thinks she could take it, but no, that she can't. I got that work for that work that's gonna work.